J.T. Smith of the Front Office News. Back again for another podcast. This is Podcast 23, Jordan number for all those. And we got a legend, Dayton legend in the building, but current Cincinnati Bearcats women's assistant coach, Carlos Knox in the building with me today. How you doing today, Carlos? I'm doing great. <clears throat> Thanks for having me on. No problem, man. This has been something in the making for a while. You know you got a busy schedule, and you know I've been a little bit busy too. So I was like, man, I before this season's completely shut down, I got to get you on here though, man. But uh, um, just just talk about the season, man. You know, you guys before losing, you know, the last game on Tuesday, right? Tuesday, mm-hmm. was it? Um, you know, you guys were on a four-game winning streak. Um, with this year. How good was it to see you guys kind of, I mean, I know you guys didn't finish how you wanted to finish, but you guys see a positive end to the season on a struggling season. Absolutely. Um, I thought, you know, we talked early about uh, the effects of COVID um, and how it affect this year completely, not just our team, but just around the nation, just looking at everybody's situation is is different. Um, But one of the things we wanted to do is consistently keep our young ladies focused and try to keep them in somewhat of a bubble to where that didn't really affect us. Um, We had a a case early on, um, but one of the things that happened was everyone around us came together and we really focused on making it um, a safe situation for everybody, um, medical staff included. Um, So they did a real good job of that. But Um, Leading into our season, you know, we had, again, some people that uh, were injured and uh, a few one of our COVID cases uh, was an actual starter. So that was kind of tough for us. It was more of a continuity thing. It was hard for us to really get our our legs up under us as a unit, as a group. So we just consistently uh, just just kept, you know, plugging at it and trying to make sure that everyone was on the same page. And I felt like it really showed up. We wanted to play our best best basketball in February, in March. So I felt like it caught up with us and uh, we just were on a roll. For sure. Definitely finished the season strong with besides, you know, COVID being a main factor in injuries. Do you feel like your team just being young had, something that a lot to do with, you know, the growing pains earlier in the season? Well, absolutely. I do. I think um, it was very difficult for us to, um, you know, just put it out there as, as if we were a youthful team, but it was more inexperienced together, playing together, everybody scenarios, different situations, different teams, but um, everyone had a lot of talent. It was just a matter of meshing it together um, so I would call it more being un- more unfamiliar with, you know, what needed to be done as a team in this particular organization. But I felt like we caught wind of a good rave and it made us look at it like, OK, we can consistently be a good team. We just have to work every single day towards a common goal. How important was it to have somebody like Imari Thomas on the team? I know you only got to work with her one year, but for, you know, she's the AAC player of the year, um, still up for a couple of awards now. Like how, how much easier did it make the transition for you as a coach or just in general for a lot of the other players, even though like the success didn't come early, but 
she was just that person that that rock you can see from the outside but just from you being on the coaching side on the coaching side of things how much easier did it make it for you or in others well first of all just hats off to Amari Thomas in so many different ways I mean she's incredible on and off the floor um, one of the things that was very impressive for me um, you know I played the game for years I've coached for years and I played professionally for years for 10 years so um, it's kind of the quote game recognized game yeah yeah in what she has to offer, seeing what she brought to the table every single day, her mentality, her focus, and her understanding, her IQ of the game was just very, very high. So obviously as a coaching staff and as me me as an individual coach, uh, I was ecstatic. Every day it, it excited me to come in and watch her and um, you know, work with her and give her pointers and make sure that she understood what we were trying to get done as a unit. You know, obviously she's been there before. She's taken um, last year's team and the team before that, you know, to 20 win seasons. Um, so it's awesome when it comes to understanding the moment, understanding what needs to be done. And last but not least, you know, I can go on and on about her, but, you know, she's one of those players that, you know, she don't really have to say much. She lets her game do the talking. And um, it's just a pleasure to know that if you are going to war with a young lady like Amari Thomas, then your chances are very, very good that she's going to perform at a high level. For sure. So I'm going to stick with, uh, talk about Amari a little bit longer. The 51 point game, <laughs> to witness that, what what was it like? Cause I mean, I saw the highlights and I was just like, she like everything was in the paint. Like she just dominated the paint, um, and it was just super impressive. But you know, I've seen her play live a few times and nothing. But I mean, I even took my my youngest, my oldest son. He was just like, man, she's she got game. You know what I mean? He was like he got she got game. I like how she play. But um, how was it just to witness that live? And did you get like a part where you didn't feel like a coach for a second? <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, yes, <laughs> you have no choice but to, you know, look at her in awe because, um, you know, sometimes when you're watching a game like that, you can kind of see what's about to happen because mm -hmm. you know that there's no one physically that can guard her. Yeah. Right. So just keep putting her in positions where you can feed her the ball and she's able to get in position where she's comfortable. Then it's really lights out um she's just great at reading and understanding how to score and how to position her body to get you know the advantage um so it, just watching that game and being in the moment it was something incredible yeah. it was incredible. once we looked up and we seen that she was on a roll and she was close to the actual record um to be honest no one panicked no one even thought different like mm. so low of the game allowed you to understand that it was just a matter of time. You know, mm -hmm. she was going to get a couple more layups and she was going to get a couple more free throws. Yeah. Yeah. She made yeah, a heck of a game. So I, it was crazy, but um, yeah. So in general, like now losing somebody that big, you know, for the team, um, how do you feel? I know it's early. It's super early right now. You fresh off a loss. I'm not trying to uh, downplay that, but like, how um, excited are you for the, the team next year, just for the people you have returning, anybody that's, you know, in that transfer part that's coming in? 
how how excited are you for that next year's team, even though you're losing somebody as good as Amari? Well, I'll tell you what, the the work, the time and the effort that we put into this year's team. Yeah. It's I mean, this is a true statement. Sometimes sometimes you hear people just say things like this, but our record doesn't reflect the type of team that we were mm-hmm. this year. You know, we had some bumps and bruises early on that yeah. allowed us to lose some games that we should have won. Mm. And we were we were definitely in those games. So our returners, we have returners that come back this year that are going to be very seasoned. They have an understanding of what's going on in our uh, system, which is very important. And then the people that we have come, our recruits that we have coming in, are you know winners and tough-minded, hard-nosed players. So you message you you mesh that together, and you really put those young ladies out there on the floor at the same time. Practices will be very highly competitive, and uh, we'll be able to get better every single day. Now, you know, obviously, I don't want to name names coming in, but yeah. you know, once we get closer to you know go time, then you know we'll start talking about those young ladies. A couple yeah. of them are still playing right now, and you know, yeah. so we don't, you know, just like you said, it's it's very early. Super, but, yeah. yeah, but we are definitely in the mix and we're, you know, really looking forward to bringing this group in. And um, I'm going to bounce with, with talk about pers- a person that's currently on the team. Um, she got freshmen, all, all fresh, she made the all freshman team, Jillian Hayes. I yes. feel like just from afar, you know, just me watching and paying attention to what you know the team a lot you know closer this year I mean she went from somebody that met probably well she played a lot from the beginning but I feel like maybe her output wasn't as good as it was late in the season and then how was it to see her get more comfortable and kind of put her stamp on this team as well especially being a true freshman that was cool that was very good man I liked it because she she took she took it personal to come in every single day and get better. Mm. Um, you know, we had a lot of conversations about her not being a freshman anymore. Mm. She had to step up and really feel some shoes of, you know, a starter, a scorer, yeah. one that we really rely on. And I think she took that into consideration when it came, you know, when it came time to performing, like, mm. I mean, I need to be a person that the team can rely on. Mm-hmm. And it was it was great to see her develop into that. And with her being a local Cincinnati kid, yeah. you know, that's that says a lot about our program as well as her as an individual. And I think she has a bright, bright future. For sure. I, I second that for sure. I feel like she's going to be one of those p- people that we look down maybe even next year that she's on like the all AAC teams. You know, I definitely think by junior year for sure. I just, you know, making that big of a jump is super impressive and then just seeing it i know you get to see it firsthand but uh, i mean i think so too i kind of definitely agree with you on that one yes. i know you know because that's your that's your thing you, you've been in this game for so long so you you know those things so i, I feel good about myself that i kind of made that read myself too so <laughs> <laughs> for sure so um just bouncing around just keeping it light um you you've been in a lot of places so you know, now being at, you know, you see what has your other, you know, your, your other place, your other stops help you prepare you for, you know, this point in time as far as your coaching career? <clears throat> well, 
you're right. You're correct. I've been to a lot of different. <laughs> um, this, this, you see, I just love the atmosphere. Um, growing up in Dayton, Ohio, yeah. Cincinnati was always very, uh, you know, just high, high in character and high in their athletic program. We really loved to watch UC. That was one of the things that we uh, dreamed of as kids to be on UC's basketball team. And, you know, that was just, uh, it's, it was a blessing for me to get the call from a coach hurt was very, very successful and very uh, highly sought after as far as a head coach in, 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 so, um, you know, when I got the call, it was, it was just a great feeling. It was a great call for me. Um, I wanted to make sure that I came here and made an immediate impact. Um, I wanted to uh, get my feet planted. Um, obviously we came right in the middle of COVID. So that was, that was different, but, um, I felt like every other, place that I've been it prepared me for this moment strictly because you know from a coaching standpoint you meet so many different people you meet so many different types of athletes and you have to the key to coaching is you have to relate to players as well as your coaching staff and make sure that you understand what's at hand what needs to be done Um, and I felt like every single place I was in the WNBA for eight years Uh, I was at North Texas before here um, and every different place brings a different type of athlete. Mm-hmm. So here, you know, it was just very good for me to um, just continue to get closer to our athletes and understand what it was to make them that made them go mm-hmm. and to develop them into great players. Having that WNBA experience, um, do you get a lot of questions from the current players just about, you know, what what the next level is looking for or um what kind of practice you know what kind of practice regimen they do or just you know just picking your brain about that because you know you have a lot of knowledge that you know could help you know anybody that you know asks um do do you get a lot of questions about that experience absolutely yes amari thomas be number one okay (laughs) i will figure that (laughs) but uh it's always to share my experience share uh just some of the things that happens on the professional level, because, you know, it is different. It's very different college level. I mean, you have stronger, quicker athletes, you have all five to 10 players on the team that are all American somewhere players yeah. that there. So you have to get in, you have to fit uh, with particular teams and bring what you can. Mm-hmm. So a lot of ask me questions about that and how, you know, you can get better in certain scenarios, uh, certain positions so that you can fit in a WNBA team. Nice, nice. Yeah, man, you, you, you're the, uh, the, not the fountain of youth, but you're like the fountain of knowledge right there on, on <laughs> for them, for sure. So yeah. um, I'm about to talk about Dayton, man, you know, both Dayton natives. Um, <clears throat> you're, you know, one of the legends um, from, from our city. So just uh i don't know there hasn't i mean they've been decent but like they, when you were there i think you and mccullough's like you guys made people like me and my friends go there because you saw you guys and was like man these guys are awesome right so like just going to mail there was a cool thing so but at that time 
what um how special was you, was it you guys you know because you guys made deep runs and I don't think yeah. we didn't have many runs. We weren't, we weren't too good. But uh, <laughs> but you guys are making deep runs, man. Could you just um, touch on that experience? Because that's, you know, especially being a city school is not a common thing for inner city schools to make deep runs, especially back then. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I fell in love with the game of basketball at a very, very young age. Um, and it was just a pleasure. I've, uh, I've, I've watched and followed the high schools, I mean, you know, you're from Dayton. If yeah. you're in junior high, you're looking to see who's the best yeah. high schools. And it wasn't a thing where you had to have an address to go to certain schools. Yeah. So, you know, if I had to go to a school that was around my way, it actually would have been Colonel White. Oh, wow. The, yeah. But I chose Meadowdale. Um, to be honest, I really love, and you're probably too young to know this name, but Ray Springer. Okay. Ray yeah. Springer was a, I mean, he was a, a, a special guard that came out of, you know, and I used to watch him play. Um, I would watch him and I said, you know, one day I'm going to wear that black and gold. Mm. So, yes, getting, uh, I mean, moving on to our team. Yeah. Like, we are all, it's crazy. We are all very close right now. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, it was just a, it was a friendship. It was a friendship that we all trusted each other. We all grew up together. We, you know, ate at the same spot every single day. We pick each other up, <laughs> held each other accountable athletically and academically. Um, and more importantly, we really um, stood on the fact that we were going to compete at a high level every single day. And it's different these days. I'm not going to lie to you. It's more, a friendly, mm. you know, friendly yeah. competition between friends. Like, you know, friends will let each other slide. Well, we were at each other's throat every <laughs> day and made sure that it was, uh, our presence was felt towards each other. And then after we were done competing, we would get in the same car <laughs> and drive home together. <laughs> <You know? laughs> That's slick. So, That's slick. Yeah, but we Meadowdale is very special to me, and that team is you're you're right. It's one of the greatest teams in Meadowdale history for sure. For sure, for sure. like it's no ifs ands or buts about it. So maybe one day they'll it'll be a team that challenges you guys, which would be pretty cool. Just because yes. you know it's been a while since we made some some runs, so I wouldn't mind somebody being like, "Hey, man, check out the news." You know, we got we got a good run going on. You might want to come up here and check them out. So we'll see for sure. Happens. See what happens for sure. So you go to IUPU, and mm -hmm. a lot of people that are listening to this, you might know who George Hill is. So George Hill is the guy that's currently in the NBA. So you went to you're like the person that laid the groundwork. But uh, how was it going there um, after having a great high school career and then doing what you did, you know, at a, a smaller school, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, first, a lot of people don't know this, but I went to Tennessee Martin my first year out of okay. school. Okay. Yeah. Transferred into IUPUI. Um, my high school coach, which was Ed Ward, his assistant was Ron Hunter Sr. Oh, wow. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. So Ron Hunter Sr., um, his son took the IUPUI job. He found okay. out that I was transferring from uh, Tennessee Martin. Okay. And it's kind of a, you know, a recruiting thing. He yeah. brought me up, 
IUPUI and showed me the campus. It was beautiful. It was my style of play, you know, especially coming from Metal Deal and you know how we play. Um, And he basically set the groundwork for me to make sure that I was successful and make sure that we put in um, the type of system that would allow me to, you know, just be in control, be the leader that was. And it was, um, you know, it, it really helped me and really worked out for me. So had a great time there. I ended up meeting a lot of different people. Um, that I'm very still, I'm still very close to today. Um, actually helped in recruiting George Hill to IUPUI because he was kind of under my wing as a player. Um, I trained him for years. Um, so, you know, it was it was very good for us um, in the IUPUI era. Um, people really recognized us at a high level. Nice, nice. See, I didn't know that. Learn something new every day, right there, man. Yeah, so it's cool. But uh. With that, you now you played overseas, you know, Haston and NBA. Um, how how was overseas ball? Like, cause essentially, I feel like everybody think is NBA NBA or bus in general. But like, I know a lot of people that are doing very well that you know went overseas and you know played had long careers over there, are still playing over there. So, um, what why do you think is a stigma like that where people think is? I mean, everybody definitely wants to go to the, the best level or whatnot, but you know, I know a lot of people that are making very good money, having very great lives that, you know, played overseas. Like, why do you think it's like a stigma where it's like NBA or nothing for a lot of well, young men? You know, when you talk about American basketball, you know, it's so many people that's in love with the game here yeah. and our major thing, like the mm-hmm. NBA worldwide is loved throughout the nations. So they try to replicate every single, like you might have the G League, the D League, yeah. you have C the ABA. So everyone is constantly trying to, you know, fulfill that American dream, which is basketball. Well, overseas, you know, they have grown to be, um, you know, in love with the game that way. Like it's not um, advertised, heavily advertised and marketed as the sport. It's really soccer. It's, Mm. you know, it's, if you talk about, these teams and over the countries you know football is their thing okay they call it football but soccer for them um so i just feel like the marketing is just now getting well i'll say within the last 10 or 15 years um you know focal point being on basketball so that makes you that then allows you to understand that hey it is a big time business basketball is a big business but people don't think that just um you know, just initially, you wouldn't think that. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Yeah, so more like as I've, you know, been covering sports for a while and I see that that other lane and I'm like, it's, I you know, I try to tell a lot of young people like, hey man, it's, I mean, I know you want to do, you know, the NBA, but it's it's nothing wrong if you got to go, go overseas, man, get untaxed dollars and all that uh-huh. good stuff. Ain't nothing wrong with that, so. Then yes. like I hear people like they get a lot of perks now, I guess, because you said like the last 10, 15 years, stuff has been a lot very mm-hmm. nice for the people. So I'm like, mm-hmm. man, don't don't think it's over, you know, just because, you know, the Knicks aren't calling. Right. So exactly. I want to touch that, that question on you. I know you played over there and you had to, you know, play for a few years. So try to dr- grab as much knowledge as possible for whoever's listening. And then um, for sure. For sure. But uh, even getting on a lighter side, man. So 
when you're not recruiting, when you're not planning for, you know, Houston or another team, what does Coach Knox do to relax, to have fun? Man, I love my wife and my kids. I do. Like, we have, um, you know, we have, we try to have as much family time and as much, you know, one-on-one time that we can. Uh, it was a time where I spent a lot of gym time where I got in the gym and I was still playing, you know, at 40 and 45, <laughs> but now, um, now my knees are a little <laughs> different. <laughs> so I like to just, I, yeah, I like to spend a lot of my time with my wife and my kids and, uh, we get out and we do just things that, you know, we miss during the season, some of that time. Nice. Are, do you guys travel a little bit? I mean, I know it's a little tougher with COVID, but on a normal year, do you, are you guys traveling on a consistent basis with the free time when you get it? Yes, we look. I mean, if you talk to her right now, man, it's the calendar is circled every single year, three or four times <laughs> a year. Make our, you know, weekend excursions or, you know, sometime week excursions. Okay we get that time and the week excursions is usually when we bring our kids with us as well okay cool yeah sometimes you gotta you gotta keep keep the kids at home as they say yeah situationally um but then you gotta take them somewhere so you so they could feel the love right i understand Mm -hmm. trust me (laughs) but like do you got do you have like a certain place that you like to visit like a go-to place like when you like all right we gotta go there like no matter what if you go four places do you always go to like one consistent place every time, every year, or is it kind of well, all over the place? It's kind of all over the place for us. But okay. one of our, uh, one of our best vacations was Me- Mexico. Okay. It was a spot in Mexico, and it was it was unreal. We had a great time. Nice. We had a great time. Yeah, it was nice. good. Cool. All right. So besides traveling, are you? Do you have any shows or movies that you're watching on a consistent basis? Um, you know what? I just got into that last, last chance. You, okay. have you seen? Yeah. yeah. I've been watching that, uh, lately. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I used to love prison break. Okay. Did, did you ever watch? watch? I ain't watched prison break. I ain't watched prison break, but I feel like you can get it on. I feel like Netflix got like all the seasons, don't they? Yeah. I think it either that or uh prime. Okay, I have to check it out. Yeah, Prison Break was good, man. That was real good. Um, and then just you know, I'm I'm all over, man. I really like stand up comics. Okay, you know, Cat Williams to Eddie Murphy. I like all of that too. Oh, Kevin yeah. Hart. Yeah, okay, stuff. Cool. Yeah, I'm a big stand up guy too myself. So I watch yeah. pretty much. I give everybody one chance for sure. Yeah, for, for sure. sure, for sure. As long as they don't bomb out on me, then I, I'm normally I'll give them another shot. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, who's your favorite right now? Like you got a favorite one or two that you always looking for on, on that on that scene? Comic, I would say it would have to be Chappelle for me. Okay, for sure, for sure. Yeah, for sure, Chappelle. I'm not really big on Kevin Hart. I mean, he's all right. Yeah, me. Yeah, me. I, I like I like Mike. Yeah. Me too. Me too. I get a lot of flack for that, man. I get a lot of flack for liking Mike Epps. Yeah. For real, like my friends yeah, do, nah, but like, 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 like my older friends, when I be like Mike Epps, they be like, nah, like I like him a lot in Chappelle for sure. 
for sure. Yeah. But I get a lot of flack for the Mike Epps, man. Like his last two have been, I thought were hilarious. Yes. I thought the sure. last two were sure. hilarious to me. I I watched them, I could watch them right now. I could watch them right now, honestly. Um, mm-hmm. my sleeper is Deion Cole. Did you check his last one Deion out? Cole. Yes. <laughs> hey, yeah. That's a funny dude, man. That's a funny dude. <laughs> Something, a cold world. Yeah, I think it's like, yeah, I think it's called a cold world or something like that. Something like, or cold, yeah. it's something cold, something. It got cold in it. Yes, yeah. I cracked up watching that, man. Man. Like, I watched it two times. Me too. Talking about the catfish nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that was legit. For sure, for sure. But, <laughs> for sure, man. Talking about, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lot of relatable hey. stuff in that. Oh, uh, what what you say, my bad. Do you ever watch him on Blackish? Oh yeah, dude. I said, do you watch ever watch? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Dude's hilarious on there. I've been I've just started yeah, back watching Blackish sure. again. So like he was on there, they, they had yeah. the quarantine episode, and he was on there acting a fool. And he just do it so effortlessly. Like, I don't know how many takes it takes him to do that. He does straight face and he just like and you know that stuff is crazy. What are you saying? But yeah, dude is hilarious, man. Hilarious mm-hmm. for sure. That's definitely my uh hey, my I'm guy. A, I'm gonna put you up on all right. Have you watched Black AF? Uh, see, I all right. So this is what happened. I watched the first episode. I don't think my wife liked it like that. So I'm gonna have to watch it by myself. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot yeah. though. I Just liked watch it. it. I'm gonna have to watch it by myself because she didn't like it like that. So I was like, this ain't gonna really? be me and you. It ain't gonna be me and her. You know what I'm saying on this one. So I think I'm gonna just go ahead and give it a spin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Bet. So I'm definitely, I'm gonna definitely do that. I'll, uh, cause that was, that was like 30 minute episodes, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bet. So we'll, uh, I'm gonna definitely do that. I'll, I'll do that within the next couple of weeks. Probably do it before the NCAA tournament or something. Just watch it. Just burn out on yeah. it. Because I'll be, yeah. Once I find something I like, I'll just burn out on it. And then it'll be gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll be gone. Be late, up late, and boom. But, yeah, uh, yeah for sure. I'm going to do that. And I'll let you know what I think about that, too. So, but, yeah, I watch Blackish all the time. So, that's it, man. I, I don't have any more questions. I just wanted to say thanks for, you know, okay. coming on my podcast. Appreciate your time, man, uh, coming up early. Normally, man, I'm like, I'm scrambling, but actually I got all my work done. So I was like, I'm legit. You know how it's working from, well, you don't have to work from home that much. You like in the office, but I'm working from home. Got the luxury of that, you know, right now. So I got a little spot. So I was like, I right, can go for it. But normally I'm scrambling, taking somebody to practice, doing this, doing that. So that's why I normally do it late sometimes. But I appreciate you, uh, you know, taking out, taking the time out your day, man. Busy, busy schedule and uh, chopping it up with me, man. And um, hopefully I can have you on soon. And I wish you guys, you know, the best of luck for next year and, Hopefully you get a better uh, off season, you know, this year, you know, last year that probably was crazy having to go stuff on the fly. So, um, yeah. So that's it, man. And um, yeah, that's having me. Uh, No problem. No problem, man. I I plan on hopefully having you on again, man. We could uh, talk about, talk about black AF and then some other stuff on here. So have some, have some, have a light podcast on that one. (laughs) Okay.
Cool, man. Cool. All right.